Hello everyone, I'm Lee Saville-Iksik and this is the Artsbound Podcast, where I speak with professionals from across the performing arts industries to capture bits of wisdom, insight, and inspiration for young people considering careers in music, theater, and dance. Today I'm joined by Meg McHugh. Meg is a dear friend of mine, and we actually taught together in the same school district before she left the public schools to stay home with her children, teach piano privately, and serve as a community musician for babies, toddlers, and young children. Her perspective is a great lesson in establishing your own path and allowing your professional work to serve your larger desired lifestyle. Here's my conversation with Meg. Hi, Meg. Hi. Thanks for taking the time to be on the show today. We're excited. Thanks yeah. for having me. Um, so I mentioned briefly in the intro um, just kind of what you do, um, but I'll let you talk a little bit more about that. I always like to give listeners a little bit of context about um, how um, how each of the guests is, is connected here. So um, you and I met probably on day one of college in undergrad. Um, we were both uh, music ed majors, both piano majors, studying in the same studio, um, came to be very good friends. We student taught in the same school district, carpooled to where we were student teaching, um, and then just happened to get gigs in the same school district right out of school and um, taught together as colleagues for eight years. Okay, and um, taught at a music camp together, um, did a whole kind of lived life together in a lot of different ways um, in in Williamsport. And uh, yeah, and so now I'm in Pittsburgh and you're in Scranton. We've kind of gone from Williamsport to opposite corners of the state. Um, and you're doing very different things than what we were first doing when we got out of school. So um, why don't you... Uh, Talk a little bit about um, talk a little bit about what you did when we first got out of school first, maybe, and how that has kind of transformed over the the course of time. Sure. Yeah. So I was music ed and elementary focused, and I got kind of my dream job right out of college, K to five general choral music, um, and got my master's in Kodai music education, which just sort of kept going that whole thing. So um, I taught that uh, position for eight years and then um, had my first child and decided to stay home. So um, and uh, so I've been home for five years and teaching piano from home and finding little things that I can do um, to keep keep music going in our lives. so I teach an early childhood music class and folk dance classes and continue with camp and um, uh, having a lot of fun with that, helping my kids enjoy the arts and enjoy uh, what we do. Yeah. Yeah. So, and those are all things that you're doing now in Scranton. I, I know that you're doing them in Williamsport and you're doing them now. I, how difficult of a transition was it for you to take those kind of ad hoc gigs that you were doing in one city and, and start them up in a new one? 
That was one of my harder transitions. Um, a lot of the transitions I've made and decisions I've made have been gradual and sort of um, fell into place really naturally. Mm. Um, from college to, to the job, it was just like the perfect thing that sort of fell into place. And then when it was time to leave public school and work from home, that also fell into place really well. So then moving was a lot harder. Uh, because I was moving to a place that I had no connections, um, or very few. So um, when, I, when I'm teaching privately, connections, word of mouth, is the, right. way, it's the way that people know who I am. And I'm not just a, a stranger. I'm someone you can trust, and I'm someone who knows what they're doing and enjoys teaching. So that that was a hard switch. And I've I learned a lot more about uh, getting myself uh, presence online, getting a website and getting um, a Facebook page, getting all that kind of stuff, some YouTube videos so that people can see um, who I am. And then the biggest thing was to make a couple of connections with some of the local uh, music teachers, um, some people from church who happened to know uh, someone who was looking for piano lessons. And then as soon as I get one or two people, then, then they tell their friends and they tell other people and it just snowballs. So that was a big uh, transition. And then the, the early childhood things happened a little easier because my mm -hmm. connections were my children. And so when we're out at the park or we're playing at the trampoline gym and I talk to someone and say, hey, you like music? You want your kids to do music? And so that was an easier way to, to get people involved. Oh, cool. Yeah. So as far as the piano lessons are concerned, how many students do you teach now? And how many hours a week is that part of your life? I have 12 students, but some are like every other week. So it's about five or six hours a week. Okay. Um, for half hour lessons, which is um, great. But I'm uh, I've been used to having up to 30 students, so um, it's nice that I can create the, the, the pace that I need and the amount of hours that I need um, based on if I've just had a kid or I've, um, I need to move, you know, I can sort of change my schedule around for that. It's nice to have that flexibility. Yeah. So, so you talk about all of these instances in your life, these changes that kind of fell into place very smoothly and very naturally. Um, one of the big considerations that, um, that young people are thinking about whenever they're um, making career decisions or that I encourage them to think about when, when I'm working with them is to factor in lifestyle considerations. What type of lifestyle are you used to? What kind of li lifestyle do you envision yourself having? Or what, you know, what do you want? And so it sounds like that this transition out of teaching was definitely very intentional and was allowed you to achieve the lifestyle of being home with your kids that you were looking for. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and, in a lot of ways, um, can you speak to maybe like how how has that affected you as 
a person, you know, being, being in the public school, um, like being really busy and doing all of that work with your kids versus, you know, teaching piano out of your home and being home with your kids. Right. Um, well, it was very intentional. It was definitely, uh, what, what I wanted and what we wanted. Uh, it was also a sacrifice though. Sure. It, it definitely was a, a big decision and, um, couldn't have been done without my husband, without Steve having a full-time job with the benefits that, that we needed, especially when we move and things sort of fell out underneath me and it took a while to build back up. Um, and also with uh, tax withholding and all that kind of stuff that comes with mm-hmm. all the adult kind of stuff that comes with having your own business. Um, yeah, but in terms of the change of pace that um, I was ready for in a lot of ways. I, I went through a, a personal um, transformation about how I viewed public school, very similar to yours, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And so I was ready, I was ready for a change of pace and ready for, to really influence my children. Um, I always known that I wanted to be stay at home um, my my mom was able to be at home with me, and I wanted to be able to give that to my kids. So that was important to me. And for the first year, I continued to think about, oh, what are they doing at school right now? And I still had my foot. I still wanted my foot to be in the door. Um, I still substitute taught a little bit. And um, now, uh, even it's only been five years, but it's still it's become much more of a distant memory, and it's just a a gradual process. Um, I'm also really grateful for that time because it's shaped um, who I am and how I teach and how I develop curriculum. And even just the lullabies that I sing to my babies and the songs that I sing when we're at dinner and they've been songs that I started in public school. So I still feel that connection of, and all the memories of the students I worked with, you know, there's been a lot of students that I've worked with, 700 each year that just kept coming and coming. So yeah. it's neat to be able to look back and have those memories, um, but go now at the pace that I want and be able to do exactly what I want with, um, with the students and it's one-on-one and we can really dive in and Um, One of the big things I like to do with my piano students is fight against the right versus wrong mentality. Oh, I got that Uh, note right. I got that note wrong. Um, That music is much more than did you get it right or did you get it wrong? And that's very hard to fight against in in the public school system where it's sort of ingrained to have a right versus wrong. Sure. Have a perfectionist attitude. And most of my students are are perfectionists a little bit. Sure. That's, that's a nice goal that I'm able to really just work on, on, uh, this is more than being right or wrong. Yeah. I'm, I'm curious, what do you, uh, replace is the word that's coming to mind. What do you replace that with? Well, I, I usually try to change the focus because when they say right and wrong, they're only thinking about the notes. Sure. The actual pitches. So I say, well, what about rhythm? What about dynamics? What about, and try to change their categories and that there is more to music than just these one or two things. 
Mm. Um, I also talk a lot about we could have perfect music if we just put it into a machine and let it spit it out at us, but we don't want robotic music. We want people music and people music comes with mistakes. Right. And so to embrace them, um, one of the hardest things that we do is um, play, your, play your piece with all the right rhythm, but every note wrong, every single one, and it is so wow. hard. Yeah. It's so hard to do. Just for them to get through to the end and say, okay, I did it. I did it. And so, <laughs> so then, and, and that's sort of a transformation for me too, because I am quite a perfectionist and I and I know the difference between right and wrong, and I want it to be right. Yeah. So that's been when I have to teach it to others, then I know I have to do it myself. So that's been interesting to to do and lots of fun oh fantastic that's really interesting yeah so um could you i'm wondering if we could like rewind a little bit because i remember when we were in college uh i remember talking with um the the cello professor at at susquehanna who um I think I remember when, when I was telling him that uh, we were both getting teaching degrees together, and he said, Meg? Meg Kilmer? She's a really fine pianist. And he was just, like, shocked that you were going into the classroom. So, um, so you know, it's interesting. I, I think that uh, all of us, when we're making career decisions, um, come face-to-face with other people's expectations. Um, I, you know, I had similar ones when, when we were in school. Um, you were certainly a, a finer pianist than myself, but, uh, but I had lots of people telling me, you don't want to be a teacher. Um, and I said, no, I, you know, I really do. Um, and, and I'm also wondering if you faced the same thing when you were planning to to leave teaching if you had other people's expectations that were uh, a challenge and so what how did you approach making those decisions how did you reconcile other people's expectations um what did that look like for you i for myself i tried to look into the future of logically if i took that path where would it lead um and a performance path Performing was very exciting to me and I loved it in undergrad, but I knew that path for me forward would mean so much time in the practice room to be able to get to get anywhere. Mm. And, and I knew I wanted face to face with, with more people. Um, I didn't want to have the, the kind of solitude that that would be needed for to continue in performance. Right. So I, I tried looking down that road and seeing, no, this is, this is where I want to be. Um, and then in terms of other people's expectations, it is very wise to pay attention to what other people have to say. Um, but also knowing that taking it all with a grain of salt and saying that this is still my decision because I, I have to live this life. And so I, I got to most of the time I could just let those things go. If someone had a, had a differing expectation. Um, in school, I had a lot of people saying, well, do you think you're going to come back? You know, do you think, right. do you think you'll be back? 
and and just sort of lightly showing nope this is this is my choice and my my path and i'm excited about this i i want to i want to do this did that surprise people not not very many okay no most people um i think some kept their mouth shut but i think we're we're thinking she'll be back uh, sure sure yeah um but that's fine that's fine uh because I, I couldn't really know the future either. So there was always a possibility I could come back um, or come back in a different kind of role. Um, and I appreciated also that they, they didn't, didn't push it with right. me either. Um, in terms of the expectations about, oh, you're such a good performer, why would you go into education? That's always rubbed me the wrong way a little mm -hmm. bit. Um, I think teachers, music teachers should be excellent, excellent musicians. And, um, and musicians should be very good teachers as well. So um, I felt that a little bit more when I focused on early childhood. It's kind of, it feels like there's these tiers, you know, that like, if you're a high school teacher, you've made it. Right. You know, but you, you're doing the, the hard music or college professor. But if you're doing early childhood, anybody could do that. You know, it's just little kids. It's it's not hard. You're only doing that because you couldn't make it in the hard, hard kind of place. No one has said that to me directly, but it, it has that. That that underpinning is is there. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, good for you. You you know, you're just with the little kids. But I really do believe that that it starts with the little kids. Mm -hmm. And um, all the people in high school and college should be very grateful. And you were always very grateful for a feeder program that that had a teacher who cared about children and who knew music. And it wasn't just fluff. Um, it's important, fun work. It's very serious and it's very fun um, to work with little kids and to develop a curriculum that's meaningful and appropriate for their age um, is, is rewarding and fulfilling for me specifically. And I think it's important to go where you're called to, to where your skill set is. You know, you and I used to joke all the time that if we switch jobs, <laughs> it, would, it would just be a job. It would just be a paycheck for us and we wouldn't enjoy it and the kids would suffer for it. And yeah, it just wouldn't be where we were fit. Right. So imagine we have someone listening who is in high school wondering if music education is for them or maybe someone who is thinking about um, where, maybe where to take a job, a teaching job. Maybe they have multiple offers in different states or different cities. Um, what words of wisdom would you give either one of those listeners? Yeah, I think, um, if you're thinking about music ed, um, observe as much as you can, which is a nice way of saying steal ideas. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You know, take take these um, these people who have been doing it for so long and have so much wisdom and so much to share. I I knew all through college I was going to be a high school choir teacher. That's what I wanted to do. And then I observed an elementary classroom, and I, I my world opened up. I just didn't even think that that was a possibility. Um, and then the the early childhood things that I do now 
have stemmed from watching an early childhood class and being an assistant um, in that class. And I, I gained so much just watching that teacher and talking with her after classes. Um, she's amazing, such a, a role model and inspiration. So you can find inspiration from other people and you can find possibilities of um, uh, levels or different grades, different music that you would want to teach. Um, for someone making a decision about where to go, there's, there's a lot of options, there's a lot of factors to, to think about with that. Um, and for me, family, is the, the older I get, the more important family is, and staying right. close to family, being, being able to, to have a support system around is important. Um, knowing people where you're going is important. And uh, if, if you're looking at two different music departments and um, one has a great, it looks like great facilities and the other looks like it has great people, go with the people. That matters a lot. Well, yeah. Oh, that's great. That's, that's gold there. Yeah, <laughs> really. Um... I know I'm thinking about my sister who um, she studied marine biology. Um, but when she was looking at colleges, she was looking at a school that had uh, okay facilities, but you know, some of the classrooms were little holes in the walls and the lab was, you know, didn't have any windows, but she loved the professor. And then on the flip side, a school that had great facilities and a professor that she kind of didn't really click with. And she ended up going with the, the latter and really struggled with her relationship with that, that core professor. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. Well, thank you. Uh, is there any other thoughts? I think this is important work. This is, um, the arts are so crucial and I think um, during this time, especially um, seeing the need for a connection and how much um, music con continues to be that connecting factor for people when they can't be physically together, it's uh, so crucial. So the songs, the lullabies we sing to our babies are, are so important for them as they grow and are able to sing to their babies one day. And um, yeah, the songs we sing with our friends, bring us back to that time for forever. So um, being able to share that gift with other people is so rewarding and fulfilling. And I say, when it's hard, keep, keep it going. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Meg. Absolutely. It's good seeing you. Yes, you too. Thanks again for having me. Thanks so much to Meg McHugh for today's interview. If you'd like to learn more about Meg's work, you can find Meg's Piano Studio on Facebook and on Google. If you are exploring career options in music, theater, or dance, and curious about where your unique gifts might fit best within the industry, visit artsboundcareerdesign.com to learn more. Our theme music is composed by Chris Lidecker. I'm Lee Sabalixic. Thanks for listening.